0: got nothing new, how could I express all my gratitude, I could sing these songs, as I
1: come on my soul oh don't you get
0: Out my window, feeling the crescendo, sunset on a quiet sea. Sitting with the ones that I'll forever love, we're waiting on a flash of green. And even when the nights got cold, you have always held me close. You're the only rock that I could ever stand on. You're the only one for me. The sun goes up, the sun comes down. This old world keeps spinning round. I'm here traveling. Come, the seasons go they take me high then leave me low but i'm still standing
2: church, would you please rise for our first song? One, two, three, four. Come every beating heart that longs to find its worth. Come every aching soul who needs something more. Come with your questions. Come with your doubts. Bring them to the Lord. Come on, you castaways left out of every crowd. Come on, you outsiders.
3: It comes from uh, Ephesians 3, um, verse 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let us go to God in
2: prayer. So if you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for that power, for that, that chance you, you took on us. And, and Lord, we... We just pray that you never forget who, who you've created, and that would be all of us that just look to you in times of trouble, and we look to you in times of happiness. And, Lord, we just root ourselves in you and in your word. And, Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the, the worship service we're having, music we're singing, our fellowship time together. And, Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen.
4: I'm not afraid of
5: may be seated. Boys and girls, come on up front. Come on up for the kids' message. And hopefully you got one of these on your way in. I think most of you did. If you didn't get one of these, there's some by the doors as you leave. You got two. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All right, well, these are really fun toys. Yeah, come on up, find a seat. These are really fun toys, aren't they? And I don't know about you, but I had a hard time figuring out how to get it out of the shape of being a ball. But once you do, you can make all different kinds of things with this. Like, look, a dog. You can make a dog and then, watch, you can turn it into... There's a giraffe or a llama, I don't know what for sure that is, but it's not a dog anymore unless it has a really long neck. And then, let's see, with this one, look at that, snake, it looks like a snake, doesn't it? Yep. And then here's another one, look at that, a triangle, yeah, a triangle. And as we think about our spiritual DNA and how it shapes us, we're not a giraffe or llama or... Dog. Are we? Nope. And, and we're not a snake. And we don't want to be shaped like a snake, do we? A, a sneaky snake. No, because a snake is the shape that the devil took. When he came into the garden and tempted Adam and Eve, right? And brought us into the world. So we don't want to be a snake. But you know what? A triangle. We, na- we may not look like a triangle. But... You know what? Our, a triangle helps us remember our spiritual DNA and how Jesus lived his life. And we want our lives to be shaped by Jesus' life. And so this triangle helps us to remember three important relationships. We have the, the D for our DNA, up. We want to depend on God. We have the N of our DNA, in. We want to nurture relationships with our spiritual family. And then we have the A or the out relationships where we want to advance Jesus' mission mission as we, as we build relationships and bless people who don't yet follow Jesus. So, how do you... I don't know. You just got to keep moving it around. I had a hard time making all these different animals. <laughs> but keep playing with it. You'll be able to make all different kinds of shapes. But we want to remember that we want our lives to be shaped by Jesus, and this triangle helps us remember that. So, As you think about your DNA, and as you play with these toys, talk as a family about how is our spiritual DNA? Is it shaped like a triangle where we spend time up with God, in with our spiritual family, and out with people who don't yet know Jesus? Or is our life a different kind of shape? And I don't know what kind of shape that is, but it doesn't quite look like a triangle anymore, does it? No so take time as a family and talk about that as you play with these all right and remember that 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 our spiritual dna is to depend on god nurture relationships and advance jesus's mission and as we think about that we can remember that jesus took the biggest step so as we figure out what our next step is how we can grow in our spiritual dna that jesus took the biggest step do you know what the biggest step jesus took was yeah he died on the cross So he left heaven, came to earth, he lived for us, he died on the cross for us, and he rose from the grave for us so that we can be adopted into the family of God and have the spiritual DNA. All right? So will you you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for living for us, for dying for us, and for rising from the grave so that we can be family with you amen all right boys and girls take your toys back with you and remember later talk with your family about the spiritual dna and what might be a next step for you and adults as you think about what might be your next step um, we've got resources on our website that can help you if you go to next steps and if you haven't been baptized we'd love to talk to you talk to you about that. If you haven't joined the 1C family, but you're interested, go to the New Disciple Launch. You can find groups, classes. There's also online resources that you can use at home as families to grow up in and out together.
6: Thank you very much, Greg. That's pretty loud, isn't it? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Announcements time. I know you've been waiting for this. At the top of the announcements, I want to say that during the next song, is when the folks will be going through the congregation to pass the joy baskets. So a heads up that that's coming. Um, Let's see, I'm going to try to follow the slides that the tech booth puts up. So the first one is to say, welcome. If you are a guest here, we are delighted that you have come to join us in worship today. And we certainly extend the the offer to you to please come back. And if you won't mind, you can text your attendance here to one c guest 9400 94,000, and let us know that you've come. It just lets us know that we have new people with us, and we would, we'd like to know that. So come on back. Prayer requests can be um, text to 402-242-5051, or they can be submitted on the Church Center app. That way the, the folks who do prayers of the people gather those prayers and they're available for when we do that later in the service. Holy Week. So first the worship time. So we're going to have a Monday Thursday service and Jacqueline is up here with me and she's got a few words to say about that. Yeah, that mic right there.
7: Hopefully it's on. Yes, okay. So the Seder meal um, is just part of the Jewish festival of Passover and so on Monday Thursday it's going to replace our worship and the Seder play is full of these Um, Different foods that help tell the story of the exodus of Egypt or out of Egypt from slavery. And so it's just one of the things that our family actually has celebrated for a number of years. And it helps kind of teach that history. And our our kids have learned a lot through it. So it's really kind of a neat thing to bring the whole family to. Um, We'll be celebrating it and then enjoying communion after. So the last supper, what Jesus would have celebrated with his disciples, would have been that Passover meal, that Seder meal. And then he did communion following. So we're following scripture as we're walking through this um, worship on Monday, Thursday. And so what we need from you guys is we really need people to step up and be table hosts. Our plan is to kind of follow a head table. So you're going to be kind of following the lead um, of people and of an example. So it's nothing too hard to do, but just invite a few people, bring a couple extra things, and you can go to Planning Center and sign up for that. And it's April 6th, and along with that, Randy, mm-hmm. there is going to be what we're calling a matzah party. So you're going to learn how to make matzah, and that is all happening on Wednesday, April 5th, so the day before the Seder meal. So please come to that if you have any interest in that. We need lots of hands, so we'll kind of prepare things, and it's really part of the fun of getting ready for the Seder meal.
6: Good. Thank you. Yes, thank yeah. you. So the, the Seder dinner is at 6 o'clock on the 16th, and it's significant. It's, it's, it is a way for us to kind of dive in and unpack the intimacy of that meal and what was going on um, when Jesus was with the disciples at the, at the Passover meal. So 6 o'clock, uh, the meal of uh, chicken matzo ball soup, or you have an option to try some lamb. And then from 6.30 to 7.30, we'll be doing the Seder plate that explanation is given what's on this plate and what does it mean and how is it significant for 21st century followers of jesus and then that will be followed by the lord's supper good friday is april the seventh at 6:30 here easter sunday april 9th, also here nine o'clock and eleven on april sixteenth we're going to start a sunday worship service pastor thielen has called this kind of a service of Convenience. And it might be. You may find on some weeks that it works better if I could get in at 5 o'clock on Sunday because I can't make 9 or 11. Or you may know someone that that would be a preferred time for them and it is a good opportunity to invite someone to that. So I think that's all we have for announcements. Let's carry on in worship. Soul to remember you, how your love was poured out at the cross. Lead me there. And that's kind of a nice summary of what we're about to do when we come to the Lord's table this morning to partake of the true body and blood of Jesus. And prior to that, we have this opportunity to, as a community of faith, to confess our sins together. So if we would do that, what's up on the screen, let's do this together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And if this is your confession this morning, we invite you to participate in the Lord's table this morning. And as we come up, please know that here at 1C, we believe that what we're about to do, this is this is the true Body and blood of Jesus, that was given for you and me, for life, for forgiveness of sin, and for salvation. And if you are, if you picked up a small, you know, hourglass packet when you came in, you just feel free to take that at any time in your seat. Otherwise, we'll have um, continuous communion here in a moment. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, also after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord with you always. Amen.
2: For the Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion me. As long as life endures. My chains are gone.
6: you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith depart in his peace amen
8: let's go to god in prayer father we just thank you that uh, you are always there waiting for us to bring you our, our needs and our problems and cares and worries a prayer for my brother who is in the madonna rehab having trouble using his left side after suffering a stroke Prayers for Rhonda who suffered a stroke. Please help her regain her speech and give her hope and strength. Prayers for my dad who is still undergoing numerous health concerns. Prayers for all of those who are ill so that they can be healed. We wanna thank you, Father God, for our DNA small groups. Give us a hearts open to your leading in our continued spiritual growth. A prayer for Daryl, recently diagnosed with cancer. We pray for your hand on our community as we look at food security for our neighbors. Prayers for good test results for myself and my grandson this week. A prayer for friends packing and getting ready to move to Tennessee. Bless them on this new chapter of their life. A prayer to guide our lives on your path and watch over all my family and loved ones. A prayer for anyone struggling with addiction. May God fill all their needs and alleviate the draw to use or drink. Father, we just thank you for all the prayers spoken and the ones unspoken on our hearts. For you know what weighs heavy upon us and help us to trust you and to lay it at your feet. And we just thank you, Father. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
6: Amen. Good morning, church. Well, it snowed. You probably noticed. I'm, I'm told this is Nebraska. This is how it's done here. So, you know, get your, get your galoshes on, get your snow shovel out, your broom, and, you know, make it work. Well, this is the final message this morning in this DNA series that we've been doing, the spiritual DNA series. I would add kind of a caveat to it. It's, it's the final message. However, let's try to keep in mind that these are things that don't end by a date on the calendar because it's March 26th and, you know, it says, well, this is the last message. Let's not think of that as its ending because... This business of depending on God and nurturing relationships and advancing the mission of Jesus, I would offer that they are the stuff of our daily life. They are the essence of our daily life. And this morning, we're going to consider the now what. So we've had an introductory week, and then we've had a week of depend on God, a week of nurturing relationships a week of advancing the mission of Jesus, and now we're going to try to kind of think together about the now what. When Jana and I were living in Tucson, we worshiped and served at Ascension Lutheran Church, and that's where Pastor Thielen was at. He was a senior pastor there. And on Wednesday mornings, Jim and I would get together at the local Starbucks for a cup of coffee and some thinking out loud and some praying and, of course, you know, a, a hearty dose of some giggles and stuff. Um, you know, and I, I, re- I can remember when I began to think about taking early retirement. and Because I'm a baby boomer, I could retire at 62, and that was looking more and more attractive because I was getting less and less enamored with what I was doing. And so I wanted Jim to weigh in on this with me, and so we began to kind of unpack retirement. Well, one Wednesday, he shows up with just this, knock me off my chair. He said two things. Randy, he said, retirement is not a biblical concept. Okay? So what else you got, Jim? Then he said, how do you feel about this word, repositioned? Not retired, but repositioned in life. And that's what I've been running with ever since those days. And I did take retirement early, and I did move towards repositioning. And this is where the now what came into, not just my life, but Jana's as well. Because God began to unleash in us his more for us and this took over. This happened over the next several years, and then that more is what eventually led us to Columbus and to One C Church. And I'm still looking at, so God, what's the next? Now what? And I'm sure He'll let me know. So there it is. There's the question that's in the room this morning. Now what? Do we just? Do we just acknowledge that, well, this has been a nice five week journey and, and I've enjoyed it. And, you know, you know, what's next? I wonder what the next the sermon series is going to be. That is one way to kind of frame this thing. But I want to I suggest this, brothers and sisters, that this journey that we have been on is more a call to action, it is a call to reflect and to pray. And then to act. That's how I'm answering the now what. To pick it up as a call to action, to reflect on what I've heard in my own life, to pray about what is my more, and then to act on that. Harrison read the Ephesians passage this morning, chapter 3, 14 through 21. We've been reading that every week. And we've kind of teased out a couple of what I think, what I hope are easy phrases to remember from that passage. God can do more. God can do more. He desires to do more through you and I. And we need to pray. What is that, Lord? What is my more? God can do more. He can do more through you. He can do more through me. Prayer. Prayer. What is it? Here's something that this series has not been designed to do. It has not been an attempt to tell anyone what your more should look like in your life. we got to depend on God for that. He will tell you what it is. It is important that we pray about that, that we approach The throne of grace, and we ask what it is, and then expect that he's going to do something. Because be assured he will. And I think maybe it might be wise to kind of hold this in our hands as we're doing this prayer is is to be aware of, I want to be sure I'm asking for the right thing, not the wrong thing. I mean, there could be more power, there could be more prestige, there could be more popularity. There could be more money. There could be more advancement. There could be a lot of those kinds of things. Not inherently wrong, but it's not what we're after. The more that God wants to do in us has a lot to do with the advancing of his kingdom in the here and now. So we don't want to get stuck on pursuing the more that just might not be the right way to go because it's a diversion. And... You probably already know this. Our enemy, Satan, he's really good at the diversion. He can lead us down a rabbit hole because it just moves you away from doing the work of God's kingdom. Good example of it, Jesus. When he was in the wilderness for 40 days, Satan offered him every one of these things. Offered him more power, offered him more prestige, offered him more popularity, But he was there to do the work of the Father. You might already be pursuing your more. I mean, that could could be uh, the, the journey that you're on already because God's Spirit has led you that way and you're on this forward movement. And all around us here at 1C are these are these examples of folks leaning into their more you probably if you ate a cookie this morning that's somebody leaning into their more because to do that we need cookie bakers and we need coffee makers and we need people to greet and we need people to assemble communion and distribute the elements and thanks the thanksgiving meal if you volunteered for that that's leaning into the more Packing meals for Haiti, cloud nine. The caring of those in the community who just might need a meal because they don't have enough during the week. Those people who have said yes to, I'll do that class for all ages. I'll do the little people. I'll do the middle school people. I'll do, I'll do the adults. That's a, that's a more. And it's also things... Like straightening the chairs on Sunday morning. It's a small list. It, I'm not attempting to touch on everything. But those are just examples of the more. But here's the thing. They're wonderful. They truly are. And They're what are necessary for, for a church to be a church, to do what they have to do on Sundays. But they just scratch the surface of what's being done. And it, it doesn't even begin to mention the more that's kind of waiting in the wings for someone to step up and take that. And there's a slide that, that um, I think it's up behind me. Is, it, it's a snapshot of what's on our website. And it, possibly it could be the source of your more. So if you're prompted by God's Spirit to explore that, that's a pretty good place to start. Pretty good place to start. I want to segue into um, a text that I imagine many of you are familiar with. You've probably heard this Jeremiah passage. It's marvelously encouraging. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. familiar with that verse? Can I get some nods or an amen or you know, any of that? got heard it. amen, thank you. It is good, isn't it? God knows the plans he's got for us, and they're good ones. The impact of this verse is greater, I think, when we consider it in its context. And so I want to just read it in its context here in just a second. The the God's people have been carried away from their homeland, and they're forced to live in exile in this foreign place, and they're probably thinking, man, more? I don't think so, not here. But here's what it says. Here's verse 1. This is still in, in Jeremiah chapter 29. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Gone from Je- Everything that was familiar has been upended. And they're in this foreign land, forced to go there. And so here they are, and what does God say to them? He comes in in, in verse 4, and listen to this. This is astounding. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you And I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's the more. Did you hear it? Did you see what God is doing? The more for these exiled people? In this foreign land, he says, here's the more I've got for you. Build your houses. Plant your gardens. Take wives. Take husbands. Have children. Have them take wives and husbands. Seek the welfare of the city. Pray for this place where you're at. I think this is an eye-opening passage for this spiritual DNA message. The Lord has plans for us. Every one of us, every one of you in that seat, me, our friends in the tech booth, our friends out there, the folks that will come at 11, every one of us, he's got plans for us right here, right now, and there are plans for a future and a hope. They're plans so he could use us to advance his kingdom. They are plans that originate in the one who can do more abundantly than we can imagine. His plans. He'll get it done according to his power. So long after this series concludes... We will need to keep this DNA thing before us. Let's remember it. It doesn't just end today. Let's remember that it's important to depend on God. And I love the language in Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. That is a posture of dependence. It is a posture of surrender. It is a laying down of me in order to be owned by the Father. So what is my more when it comes to this depending on God? Is it me, does it mean up my game in, in what I'm doing to feed my spiritual life, to grow my faith? What are those things? good questions to reflect on I don't know what they are for you and I don't want to pretend to be able to tell you that I do I can answer that for me as I choose to bow the knee before the Father let's hang on to depend on God let's remember the importance of nurture relationships, rooted and grounded in love, filled with all the fullness of God. So what is my more regarding nurturing relationships? Well, let's begin with this. The the design for humankind is to be relational, It is to be in relationships. We are not created to be alone and to be cut off. We don't do well like that rooted and grounded in love, filled with all the fullness of God. From this place of being grounded in this love of Christ, filled up with God's fullness, I am able to nurture the relationships that God brings my way. Whether that's within the body of Christ or if it's somebody that's not yet in the body of Christ. Who is in your life that God might be saying, take time with this relationship. Let's remember about advanced the mission of Jesus. Jesus came to them and said, here's this classic text. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He's got this, Jesus has this final message, this final command before he ascends to the Father. And he wants his disciples to get that. We're his disciples. He wants us to get that too. This command to go, therefore, and make disciples is bookend by two very important realities. Here's the first one. Jesus is in sole possession of all authority, all of it, in the heavens and the earth. It's all his he, he makes that clear up front before he issues the go therefore. And then in the end, yeah, go therefore. And guess what? I'll be with you all the way. I will never leave you or forsake you. So in the middle is this command, go therefore. We can do that with a pretty high measure of confidence, don't you think? I have to tell you, in my own life, I'm acutely aware that this is a fairly thin area for me. I have to ask myself, so, Randy, just how healthy is your go? therefore? What is my more around this? What is my more for doing this work of making disciples? I know a little bit. I don't fully know what I'm asking. I'm bowing the knee and I'm asking. Ephesians 1:15 through 23. I'm gonna begin to wrap up with this. It's, it's kind of a close to challenge all of us. I'm gonna read these words in just a second. But while this reference is up here, Ephesians 1:15 to 23, if you've got something to write it down with, would you? Would you take a moment to do that and spend time with this passage when you get home? If you don't have something to write with, take a picture of it. And then I've asked the folks in the tech booth that when the last song is over, to put that reference back up there so that if on your way out, if you're inclined, you can stop by and take a picture of it. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Why this passage? What's its connection to the spiritual DNA message? Here's why. We need each other. If we are to hear the Spirit's voice about our more, we need to pray for one another. We need to be lifting one another up in prayer. And this passage is one of lots that could be of enormous help. Because when we are praying for one another, we are, we're doing exactly what Paul says here, remembering you in my prayers so that Jesus will give you this spirit, this spirit of wisdom, this spirit of revelation and the knowledge of who he is. And this wonder of having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Heart. It's the biblical metaphor for the inner life. Light in the inner life. That you may know our hope, which he's called us to. And that we do this with his immeasurable greatness of power toward us. Immeasurable power toward us. Jesus will accomplish the DNA in your life and in mine. Let's pray. This, it is true, Lord, what, what your Apostle Paul had to say to us in this Ephesians passage. It is true. And we do need to be made mindful throughout our days. It sounds lovely here at almost 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning in church. But Lord, keep us ever aware that Monday is coming. And even we're going to need to pray then too for one another. We're going to need to lift one another up and ask that you will shine light into the the deep wells of who we are and that you will bring to mind this glorious hope that we have in you and that we are not alone on this. You've given us an inheritance. You move through us with your immeasurable power. And that is what we need to depend on you to nurture relationships, and to advance your kingdom. And this is what we pray in your name. Amen. Would
2: you please, please rise for our last song? amen one, two, one, two,
9: It's time everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. When that band starts singing, and that chorus rises, that old preacher, preacher, setting the soul on fire all day through the night, we're going to get back to the Bible. Anybody lost, want to get saved, get found, come down. I said, anybody lost?
10: Stay in the fight and look to the one who says Hold on just a little bit longer I know it's gonna be okay These days are gonna make you stronger You'll find Just a little bit longer I know it's gonna be okay These days are gonna make you stronger You'll find purpose the desert Ain't seen a cloud in forever over me But I believe your rain is coming Mm, I've been hanging on the high holes Cause you're the one who's making dry bones come to life You're the light I put my trust in Every word you say is gonna come to
11: you To the promised land Everything Everything you says is gonna happen Even though I haven't seen it yet yet. I will build a book
10: the current's underneath, take the lead, I surrender, oh, oh, oh. everything you say is gonna come true, you will lead me to the promised land, everything you say is gonna happen, even
11: Faith, I'll do anything it takes with your in
3: find it. Okay. I'll just I'll just read the scripture. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength